And we are indeed, and coming to you every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. And we're also here on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Uh, some might ask, well, what's so special about it? Well, it's special because it is a, uh, it is a uh, shortened version of any one or all of the interviews that we do where we try to put together the most important or most significant or salient parts of those interviews and present them in a shorter version. But you can get the full version on our podcast site, and they are SoundCloud, iTunes Radio. Uh, we also are on, um, well, let's start that over, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, and many others. And we are also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. And you can um, gaze upon our our lovely faces and uh, see uh, see what we are uh, what we look like, if that even matters to you. We hope that you will subscribe. We hope also that you will allow yourself to be notified every time a new interview is posted. And we also want to let you know that uh, we'll be linked to our guests' website, as we always tell you, so that you can go to their website and find out more about them and the work that they are doing beyond the interview ask that you spend some time going within and listening to that still small voice. It's a campaign that's been going on since 2019, September. It's called, in this case, the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s. And we hope that you will listen to and follow the promptings of your still small voice, uh, the divine guidance, as we like to call it. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing, we'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, we have a PayPal account. That is for your security as well as ours. With all of that said, we welcome back to both our uh, microphones and our cameras, Lumari. Lumari is with us uh, to talk about a lot of different things, including uh, some books that she has written that are available to you. And uh, Lumari, first of all, welcome back to Tell Me Your Story. It's really a pleasure to have you with us again. Oh, thank you so much, Richard. It's a joy to be here and, and to just have our connection and the connection with everyone that's listening and beyond. Well, you're an intuitive, uh, an intuitive guide dealing with that still small voice. You're a visionary, transformational healer, spiritual teacher, teacher and energy master. What, what, is that, what is meant by energy master? Well, I work with frequencies. So when I'm working with clients, when I'm working with energy, and when I'm channeling, I am able to really recognize the different levels of energy, the different vibrations and frequencies, and sometimes notice them, sometimes um, evolve into them, sometimes share them with my clients so I can actually bring the energies and vibrations in that are beneficial for them. Well, I'll tell you, we could use all kinds of great energy right now as we uh, hopefully, I don't know that it's been officially declared, uh, uh, the pandemic being over, but yet uh, now we've got what, what some people are referring to as the trifecta uh, between the flu and COVID and this other one, I don't know if it's RVC or RSVP or RIP, I don't know what the heck it is, but supposedly... That's those are the three they're talking about. What's that? LMNOP. LMNOP, yes. And those are just the ones they're talking about. All right. But we, you and I both know that there are all kinds of things floating around out there, but they don't bother us. Well, because hopefully we have uh, we have fortified our immune systems. Is there such a thing as a spiritual immune system? 
Well, I think that I would, instead of saying it's an immune system, I would say there's certain things that each of us and all of us kind of uh, push aside, right? So you you might consider it a protective energy around you and may consider it something that you don't absorb or that isn't connected with you so it doesn't come in. So I believe we do have that. And then there are other things where... Um, it's, it is a biological system we live in because we have these bodies. And so sometimes there's an opening that we have not um, noticed. I'll, I'll use it that way. Because I don't like to say that we're simple. Our body is simply vulnerable because we don't know how many things we never caught. Mm. We have no idea how many things we never caught. We only know the stuff that got us. So you could have been in contact with, I don't know, 500 strains of flu that you never got, right? And mm -hmm. then you got one. Hmm. Yeah. That's one so, thing that people don't seem to realize is that uh, you know, there are certain things that haven't affected. I remember when I pested, tested positive uh, for the coronavirus uh, and I was fortunate. I only tested positive once, but I had no symptoms. I mean, maybe one night for, I don't know, a couple, three hours, I had a little sinus congestion, but maybe yeah. it was the weather changing for all I know, you know, because that happens to people as well. So I don't know. All I do know is that because of the rules in play, uh, I felt trapped. I felt a little imprisoned because I couldn't go anywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to pass this on to anybody, especially someone who isn't, right. uh, who is susceptible. Okay. Uh, so I stayed, uh, I stayed away from people, you know, I mean, my wife mm -hmm. and I both caught it and someone said, well, you better isolate yourself in your travel trailer. It's like, uh, it's a little late for that because when <laughs> she tested positive, I, I was probably already infected. I just wasn't testing positive yet. And then there are those who say, well, you know, if we didn't test so much, there wouldn't be so many positives. Oh. Well, you know, that might be true, but then again, you're going to have a lot of sick people who don't know what the reason is. And uh, we just don't want to go down that road. But anyway, that's another subject for another time. Well, you... The thing is for your energy, yeah. the, the important thing I feel like spiritually and personally is whatever is showing up. You want to look at it in a way that gives you something. Mm. So I'm not going to say in a positive way and, you know, Ooh, everything has a, that sounds too um, immature to me. Yeah. Okay. But if you look at it in a way that it has something to give you, then no matter what is going on, you can also be in an inquiry about it as opposed to a judgment or a reflex or all of the different things that are out there. Now you're in an inquiry. Well, what does this have to give me? Mm -hmm. It yeah. could mean, you know what? Stay home, darling. Yeah. It's good. You might not want to, but it's good. You know, I've you also know? heard... <laughs> People saying that more people are now staying home when they just flat out don't feel good. Yeah. Not not because they they think they have COVID or something else, but they feel ill and they're staying home, which is a good thing. It's a good result because that's what we should have been doing in the first place instead of forcing ourselves to go to work or to go to school and spread it around. 
Exactly. That's what I, I, when I lived in Boston and in Boston, you usually not driving, you're in the subways and everything else. And I used to be amazed at how many people were coughing and sneezing while they were going back and forth, you know, and I'm like, why? Yeah. Just take two days. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I look at it this way. I, I, I wish maybe there is uh, a study that's been done or some statistics that have been uh, created you know, they talk an awful lot about certain companies, corporations, manufacturing plants, and their level of productivity. And so I would ask the question, what's your level of productivity with 5 or 10% of your employees sick, working and sick, as opposed to the 5 or 10% staying home, the other 90 to 95% working who are healthy, and maintaining that level of productivity and quality that that you want. Well, we're here to create an uplifting mm-hmm. experience for everybody. Yeah. I know that's part of my purpose is to create something that uplifts. So it's important to recognize the the ways people do it that aren't uplifting, mm-hmm. that aren't nurturing, that aren't supporting your own individual. Uh, inspiration and gifts and all of that you can bring in the world. And it's once you notice that, then you want to shift and look at how can we uplift? How can we help? How can we bring more joy from personally, like in you, where's more joy? Where's more excitement? Where's more deliciousness? Where's more spiritual vibration? And then how you play, how you play in the world. What do you do in the most simple ways and the most profound ways to make a difference where you can actually see the vibrations change? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if I'm working with a client and I'm doing, because co- I do coaching and spiritual work and guidance with my clients, and some of my clients I have been working with for years. So I know the levels of growth that they have had and the changes they've had in their lives over years. Mm-hmm. When you look at it and you go, okay, this is what you were doing then. And then you had a shift in perspective where it wasn't just about how you were accomplishing, but when you're in that accomplishment, what are you giving? So you're the CEO and and your company is doing better. What are you doing to uplift, to bring more joy, more connection into the community whether it's the people that are working for you or the world and not just give money to a charity. Right. Because the one-on-one makes a difference. The one-on-one, I mean, I have a whole series of things that I call inspired actions. It's like, I love doing things for people. Really simple. They could, I love letting somebody get in line in front of me. Like I'm in the store. I got the cart. I don't care how much is in my car. There's somebody, I, no, go in front of me. The expression on their face is crazy. It's like, it's like I gave them the winning lottery ticket. It's like, oh, are you sure? Is it okay? It's like, yeah, that's a gift that I can give in the moment and change someone's life and bring joy into their heart. Yeah. That's where we want to play. Yeah. And I like the word. I like the word because it applies to no matter what you're doing, even if you're, quote unquote, working at your job or you're out on the playground playing. Um, I, I love the 
I love the uh, phrase uh, the, the, that, um, that Jesus spoke. He said, uh, come to me as little children. And I mm. thought about that. And I thought it didn't say come to me as, um, as childish. Come to me as childlike. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not saying that's the interpretation. That's my observation of that passage, uh, that we need to come with that innocence. And I was sharing in a previous interview about how my heart goes out to the young kids, uh, uh, you know, preteens and younger uh, of this era, uh, because they, many of them will not, some of them will, but many of them will not experience the most wonderful and incredible innocence period of my growing up in my neighborhood where we weren't worried about being shot by drive-bys or being abducted by pedophiles or any of this or you know or any of this other stuff um we 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 kind of we weren't a gang but we lived in the neighborhood so we kind of ran the neighborhood because we ran around in the neighborhood and when the mother and father would yell out, hey, it's time to come home, not out of fear, but out of respect and of out of uh, usually because we were hungry, it's time for dinner. We were heading home because we were, you know, but that's what we did. And we had a, and I got to tell you, I had a blast. I mean, you know, I, I had a wonderful time as a kid. I don't know that there are times when I wish I could go back there for a short time, but um we lose that as we get older, and I have a distinct feeling that through some of the work that you do, that we might be able to sort of regain some of that, and we'll talk about that with Lumari. Lumari.com, L-U-M-R-I.com is the website here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Lumari is with us again here on the program. It's I don't know if it's your third or fourth time or more, but we're just glad to have you here and uh, to talk about this, let's talk about not so much the loss of the innocence from childhood, but how we can go about regaining maybe some of that innocence uh, from that time in our lives when life was really good and seemed easy and it was fun and, and all of that good stuff. Well, instead of looking at it as innocence, okay. for me, I like the word curiosity, okay? Because um, we're not going to go back to a place where we're innocent. And with the amount of media that's around now, we may not have that word in, unless you're three. And you're not aware of what's happening when you're three years old. But we can go into curiosity so curiosity for me is like, it's like a sacred inquiry. You are open, you are looking, you are wondering, and you're exploring. Now we can do that. There's a part of us that always is available to do that. And that is something that when you're looking at different things, then you start to connect to different vibrations, different ways of being. And you always, when you're in open curiosity, you're in your joy. Ooh, what's that? Ooh, what does that mean? Oh, when did I do that? Ooh, how did that thought occur to me? Hmm. Right? Because we have thoughts that we don't even know how they got there. Yeah. And that's good. 
That's good. Yeah. You know, when you look at inspiration, when you look at music and art and whatever people create, an idea came to them. They don't necessarily know where. You might not be able to chart the course from when the divine gave you that idea, why the divine gave you that idea and what you're supposed to do with it. Mm. But if you're in if yeah. you're curious and you go, ooh, what is that? Ooh, do I listen? Do I explore? Do I do all of it? How do I take time to be in this? Because that's the other thing. You want to be able to explore. You need to give yourself the time to do that. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe the word curiosity is a better word in that respect because it 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 speaks to something that we can get back to, that it is yeah. possible to get back to the curiosity phase. And I guess I'm, I'm thankful that you know, I've never lost it, which is one of the reasons why I do these programs, because they are so much fun. And I am a curious individual. And, uh, uh, and it, uh, it's something that, that, you know, I want to share with the rest of the world in terms of uh, the curiosity in regards to my observations. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I've got a hell of a lot of questions uh, trying to find answers that actually make sense to me, you know, at least right now, because in in another week or another month, the same question might elicit a different answer, which makes more sense than the answer I got today. Only or the answer you got today led you to the new answer that you get in a week. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I still remember that conversation that I had with my eldest late sister uh, in reference to uh, beliefs. And I said, my beliefs of yesterday are not my beliefs of today or not my beliefs of tomorrow because I'm still alive and I'm still learning and I'm still growing and I'm still experiencing, you know, I'm still living, period. And so uh, I would rather begin in doubt and end in certainty than end in doubt and begin in certainty. Uh, I beg your pardon. Uh, begin in <laughs> doubt as opposed to begin in certainty. And end in doubt, uh, you know. So, exploration. Yeah. When we look at it, anything that you're exploring can lead you many different ways. And like for me, sometimes when I'm asking questions, I'm not really concerned about the answer and whether I'm receiving the definitive answer. I'm on the journey. So, question is part of quest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm in that exploration. Ooh. When I ask what is the divine, even if I got the divine is do 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 do. Mm -hmm. Let me get and then I go, and after I got that, I would be going, and what else? Mm -hmm. And how can I look at it? And how do we participate? That answer just brings you forward. In that inquiry, your vibrations start to change. So you're less rigid, you're more open, and you're still being you. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're asking questions and you're changing yourself to be something else based on an answer. Right. You're right. in participation. Yeah. Curiosity and the quest in questioning, you are now participating. And it's not like the definitive, I mean, I channel, so I get messages all the time. Sometimes I'm in a room that I call my cosmic circle, and I get a whole bunch of beings, and we're all talking about different things. Mm. I'm not looking for the definitive answer. Mm -hmm. 
I'm in the middle of, ooh, if you're coming from this perspective in the universe, it looks like this. Ooh, that's a new way of thinking about that. I never thought that. Yeah. I don't oh, yeah. to have a belief there, but now it's opening up my perspective. Yeah. It's kind of like if you only live in the basement of a house, you never see the sunrise or the sunset. Exactly. Never. Exactly. I remember talking about meditation and years ago, uh, uh, would ask questions in regards to it because I remember hearing that, oh, you need to to tell the mind to shut up. You need to quiet the mind. You need and blah, blah, blah. and and I got to thinking about that. I thought, Wouldn't it be better if you made friends with your mind and said, look, I need to step away. Could you let me step away for a little while and do my meditation? And when I come back, I will bring with me all kinds of great stuff that we can play with. Then one of my guests said, why don't you invite your mind to go with you? Yes. And I had never thought of that before. As long as you stay quiet so that I can focus. Yeah. Come on, let's go together. It'll be fun. Yeah. We'll share an experience. Now you've not you've made more than just a friend out of your mind. Yes. You know, it's not your it's, enemy. It's there to it's there to help you just as much as the still small voice is. Exactly. And all of the different if we're in that questioning and we're open to receiving, right? Mm -hmm. Then all of the different things, a lot of stuff that we absorbed, we, we can look at it and go, oh, wait, yeah, I did that then, but that doesn't, that doesn't uh, make me excited now. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make me feel happy, joyful, complete, vibrationally whole. It doesn't do that for me. Oh, but this does. That's our growth, our transformation. And really and truly, no matter what else is going on in the world, that's for us to do. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. We have lots of different things from our past lives that we agreed to do. But soul-wise, we are here to celebrate, transform, and create positive change. Absolutely. Lumari is my guest. Lumari.com is the website. We're going to come back and talk with her about uh, some of the writings that she has that are available to you in book form as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, we want to talk in this uh, in this segment about uh, one in particular that has a very interesting name, Alawashka. Now, that is uh, uh, connected with uh, the Akashic records. That is one book that you have written. Tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, what is Alawashka? Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, and that's the frequency. This this is an active sacred geometry depiction of what Alawashka is. Mm -hmm. Okay, Alawashka is the original voice of creation. It translates in English to, I am the calling forth. So if we look at creation, creation is the calling forth of whatever else is being created, okay? Mm -hmm. Which is really, I mean, that in itself is fascinating. It is a divine consciousness, one of the original consciousnesses that called forth everything else that was created. And so Alawashka is a being, a consciousness that I channel, and that came to me, and actually most beings come to me and introduce themselves to me. And it was like I was in an inquiry, like what is creation? My background is before I was doing this work, I was a sculptor and an artist. So I am a creative. So asking what is creation in that sense, 
opened this up and this being came to me and said, you know me, I am this. And all the frequencies of creation come from this source. It's not religious. It's spiritual. Mm -hmm. It is the frequencies of creation. How does, you know, the, the note C come into place? All, all these vibrations come together and resonate with the note C. And if you have different musical tonalities, you might have different notes. How do those come into being? How do particles come into being? How do light come into being? How do we vibrate at higher frequencies? So my book, Alawashka, is about the tribes that came forward, the energies that came forward to help us create and that are part of creation. And the other thing that is really blew me away and then didn't blow me away because it was like part of me knew it and part of me didn't, is that the words in this language of creation create. Mm. So we have words that describe. Right. All of our words describe. Now, in Alawashka, the words create. They have a vibrational integrity that orchestrates what the word says. Now, that was amazing to me. Like I never thought of things like that. Hmm. Interesting. Like here's a word, you know, the word is Sima, S-I-M-A, and the word Sima is joy. So now if you're saying or chanting the word Sima, you're actually creating the frequency of joy. Hmm. Makes me think of um uh, the words used in Reiki to uh, to send uh, someone the healing energies, or uh, again, as I, I observe it from with the, my training, uh, that uh, I'm sending this energy to this person or situation, because you can do mm -hmm. uh, either or, uh, both and I should say, both and, and uh, the person or situation chooses how to use that energy. It's right. not up to me. It is not up to me. It is up to the individual. You know, and that's what is interesting when I when I think about it from the context of some of these uh, prayer programs that I used to produce back in the 80s and early 90s at the Christian radio station. And then I look at my Reiki training and think about that energy, because to me, you know, prayer is is the same kind of thing in essence. But they're wanting to achieve a particular result, you know, heal that broken arm or or uh, whatever, whatever it is. And it's like. Yeah, but how do you know that that's what that person wants? And as the years went on, I noticed that the same people would call in. And then I realized they're not calling for their healing. They're calling for connection. That's what they needed was just connection. Well, and it's important in what you said, because in, in my work also, not only am I, like you, we talked about earlier, asking permission. Mm -hmm and vibrationally but we may assume or think that we know but the other person or people or circumstances have to participate with that and they have to say well yes that is exactly what i want or no that isn't mm -hmm. 
and and in healing and in my own work and in coaching and bringing vibrations in and and sharing you know psychic and spiritual wisdom with people so they can make the best choices Mm -hmm. move into greater harmony i'm asking them i'm actually i mean i have done uh psychic intuitive readings with people and my joke is that when i'm doing readings with people i have a whole crowd of people in the room and then there's other people sitting on the sofa with me and they're waiting to see if they can talk to the person that I'm talking to. And guess what? Mm. I asked the person if they want to hear from this other person. Ah. Okay. I'm not listening. It's not their gig. Do you want to hear from your grandmother? Uh, no. Okay. Bye. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Maybe another. Day. Or yes. Oh, I do. And then, and then they have to give me a clue. Which is hilarious because I actually had one of my clients. She said, I don't think my mother's there. And I said, okay, your mother said, when are you ever going to learn to have a good hairdo? (laughs) And she burst into tears. (laughs) And she said, okay, that's my mother. She never liked the way I wore my hair ever. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, now you know it's your mother. Right now, if I didn't feel the resonance there and I didn't think it was going to contribute and I hadn't asked her if she wanted to receive and hear it, then that wouldn't have been there. And that would have been fine too. Because it's whether we know or feel there is a hierarchy, that doesn't mean we lose our voice for that hierarchy. You know, that, that permission is a very interesting conversation to have because there are many circles where permission is not asked and especially permission is not granted. I want to talk about that more. As we continue talking with Lumari, Lumari.com is the website. Alawashka is uh, one of the books that she's written. You can find out more at Lumari.com, L-U-M-R-I.com. And uh, we'll be back with more of Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for staying with us. I want to talk to you, Lumari, about this issue of permission, because uh, when I was in acting class back uh, in when I was living in Phoenix, um, my acting coach, Ramona, um, she uh, used to say that if you are going to do a very energetically charged scene with someone, like you're going to attack them, say, verbally, you want to get their permission to do so. Yeah. And they must give you their permission. Otherwise, you could do harm to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's interesting because we all know we're in acting class. We all know that we want to maybe do movies or TV or what have you or plays in, on the stage or whatever the, whatever the thing might be. So why would I need – if I'm there, I, I'm, I'm giving my permission implicitly, you know. It's implied. Yes. But in other circles, like, I'm, I'm going to use the concept of education. You're in school. You're sitting there at the desk with your, I don't know, your science book open. No one asked you if you wanted to learn science. Well, if we go beyond that. Okay. And go personal. Because, because conversations about education and science and all that, they end up, becoming uh, political, religious, philosophical things on what you should learn and what you shouldn't learn. But if the teacher calls on you and you don't want to be called on, 
that would be a thing where you would say, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk about that. That would be a permission because you don't want to be in the spotlight. Right. Mm -hmm. But what mm -hmm. we're learning, if you're looking at education and we'll just say like regular education, because the education I do with people is more creative, vibrational and spiritual. Sure. Right. But you want to be able to have people have access to the knowledge that is available, because if they don't know that they need it. They might just say, no, I don't want to learn how to spell. I don't need to. I I have audio books. I don't need to read them. Okay. Yeah, 10 years from now, you're going to be really sorry. You didn't learn that alphabet and learn how to spell prodigy because mm -hmm. you might not be one because you don't know how to read. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so when we're looking at that kind of permission that you're talking about, it is permission to be in the vibrational space of somebody else. Well, and to be able to, uh, to create change with them and for them. And so when I'm working with people, I'm asking. Because if they're not comfortable to go there, then I'm forcing something upon them. Well, I'll tell you, the, 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 maybe I went the wrong direction with throwing in science because maybe I'm thinking in term, more in terms of how someone learns how someone takes in the information and processes it rather than memory rote or rote memory uh, types of education. And I know that there are now schools, and I'll, I won't stay on this issue of education, but it's just in terms of everybody's an individual. Everybody yeah. learns differently. And there are schools now that are starting to take that into consideration. And they're also starting to recognize when a, 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 an individual has difficulty learning in the method yes. that they put out there. So something else, for example, my wife who has dyslexia, she mm -hmm. has had to take some tests at her job that she's been doing for 40 plus years. It's not like she doesn't right. know what she's doing, but it's required every year or so you're supposed to sort of retest to just to make sure you still remember the stuff. And of course she aces every test. But the first time she went in to take the test, oh, it scared her to death. She came home and she said, oh, I, I don't know. I said, you need to go back and you need to ask them to administer the test differently for you so you can pass it. And they did. And she yeah. did. And it increased her confidence in herself. Well, that's a really interesting um, anecdote story because tests and I never really got along, right? <laughs> they just, I mean, not that I didn't do well on them, but I didn't like them and I don't memorize. It's, you know, can't memorize stuff. So when I was in college and we had, I, I went to art school, we had art history. Okay, this is who did the painting, what year did they do it, what style is it, da, 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 da. I convinced all my teachers to let me do projects or essays instead in order to pass. I would do a whole paper on any topic they chose. And one time medieval art history, which, oh, please, do you know what you have to memorize about medieval arts, right? I designed a whole castle and made the castle with all the different people 
and all the knights in armor and everything else as a sculpture. And that's how I passed medieval art history. Because I wasn't going to remember who the artist was and what year they did that painting. Not going to happen. So that's creating something different for ourselves, knowing that. And the thing that's beautiful about our times, on the one hand, I can look at learning the way that it has been taught because they can monitor and they have very easy ways to monitor. Now we recognize that people are so different, so unique, receive information so many different ways that, I mean, when I passed my my math tests, it was because I channeled the answer. It's not because I knew how to do algebra. I didn't. But I would close my eyes and go, what's the answer to this question? And I would write down the number. And my my beautiful teacher in high school always gave me a B. Because he knew I didn't know how to do the math. But he also knew I wasn't cheating because I had the right answer. But I just couldn't give the next equation on how I got there. And we would joke about it. <laughs> like, you'll never be a mathematician. Good, I don't want to. <laughs> But see, in that creativity, right, because mm -hmm. I, I know we're going to talk about inspiration, too. Yes. In that creativity, you get to be more you. So with the new ways of looking and thinking, because it is, it's amazing. It's amazing how you can access now. You can access things through meditation. You can access things through a spiritual teacher. You can access things from a school. You can access things from reading. All these different ways that you can connect with what is higher and brighter and more inspiring in your life so you can be more you and create the change that is a really positive change. And some of the positive change, we don't even know what it's going to look like. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, was in algebra class in high school. I was working ahead in the book and having a blast. It was so cool, the variables and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so my teacher said, and I remember it was Miss Summers. And uh, she said, well, you know, Richard, you know, you're so far ahead in the in the in the book and you, your answers are fine. They're, they're you're, you're you get you've got it. So if you don't want to, you don't need to come to class each day. That was the big mistake, because <laughs> for about two, three weeks, I would continue to do the homework in the workbook. And then right. it started to slow down. <laughs> Uh, so eventually I ended up back in the classroom, but uh, but it was OK, you know, because uh, I, I gave it a shot. But sometimes, you know, you just um, you just it, it stuff just works out in, in that way. So so it's really kind of a, a, an interesting situation. We're talking with Lumari. Uh, Lumari is a visionary. Uh, she is someone who is available to you. That's right. To you through Lumari.com. And it's L-U-M-R-I dot com. And uh, she works with an international client. Uh, she works with an international client of uh, celebrities, artists, actors, musicians, healers, practitioners, coaches, innovators, entrepreneurs who are visionaries in their own right and in their chosen fields. And uh, whether you 
are uh, already a successful and recognized visionary healer, artist, or entrepreneur, or you want to become one, um, my guest Lumari can assist uh, the client, you, uh, to live a full, the fullest potential and highest path of your destiny. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about that in reference to inspiration as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's really a pleasure to have these conversations with uh, our returning guest, Lumari. Lumari.com is the website. Um, in terms of living our fullest potential, living our life's purpose, oh, there are times when, Lumari, I, I know what my life's purpose is, but man, I just, I am so tired. I just, I, I just want to break. I just want to stop. I... Stop the world. I want to get off. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> or, or it's like being on the Ferris wheel and they won't stop it and you're getting nauseous, you know, and they don't care for whatever reason <laughs> or they're unaware. Um, what do you suggest? What is it that you assist people in to inspire them to, so to speak, uh, get back? on their path, or is that break maybe a necessary, a necessary part of their path? Well, aside from the fact that we're going to have challenges that we need to deal with. So I don't even like the word overcome. I just deal with it, right? However you personally deal with it, right? Right. And But for your path, first of all, your path and your purpose, I like to call it your higher callings. There are multiple things there. It's not just one thing. I came here to do this. Okay. It's not a job description. And sometimes the, the commitment to purpose and calling looks like a job description that you have to fulfill and there's X amount of steps and you know you need to do this, this, and this. There's no inspiration, there's no joy, there's no creativity in it. And all of those things can be there. So when you're looking at the creativity of your purpose, well, it might look like you're here to do this particular thing. But that doesn't mean that there's only one line and one destination in it. If you're here to change the food conversation in our world, right? Let's just use that as an example because it's practical, right? Mm -hmm. How many different ways can you do it? You can talk about organic food. You can create co-ops that sh share organic food. You can grow organic food and give it away to all the areas that don't have access to even good food, even crappy packaged food, let alone organic food. Or you can create courses and teach people how to grow organic food. Or you can have movies about organic food. Or you can have conversations in the supermarket and make sure that they have a bigger space for it and connect them with all the distributors that create organic food. There's so many different ways to change the conversation mm. about food. So when you're looking at what your purpose is, there's many different ways to play in that. And the thing about it is that it, it may go up, it may go down, it may flow in different directions. But if you're in the space of that knowing and also knowing it's going to evolve and change, 
then you get to play there. Mm. You get to be the inspiration and receive the inspiration of that path. Because even if you're a recluse, even if you don't want to go out and talk to anybody about anything, you can still have inspiration and create things that change the world. Mm. That is kind of what we want to do. We want to change mm -hmm. the world. We want to change the world for the better, whatever that means to each one of us. Uh, but my perspective is I want to change the world for the better for everybody. Now, as you and I are speaking, we have crossed over that threshold. We are now at 8 billion plus human beings on the planet. Uh, it's amazing. I, did, I thought I knew we would get there before the end of this year. Uh, I was mm. following the clock about three weeks ago. I would make reference to it uh, during uh, different programs. And, um, and uh, you know, that is uh, one of the things that uh, uh, I just, it just, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, you got to do. But I wanted to, to, to talk a little more about inspiration. And uh, I, 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 I might ask you what inspires you, but more importantly, how does one find inspiration? I encourage people to go within and listen to that still small voice uh, for, through which they may get inspiration. But in terms of a lot of times people want that outer reassurance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's both. And like, so now I'm going to hold up my book. Yay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Living Inspired with Lumari. So inspiration for me is everybody talks about it and it's very fleeting. Inspiration is a whole realm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in my book, I when I speak about it, I say engage the lights of awakening, revelation, and transformation. Inspiration is awakening, revelation, and transformation. Then you know you're connecting with true inspiration. Awakening. Your aha moments, as plural, aha moments. Mm -hmm. Ooh, this is new. This is you awaken to something. And then as you pursue that inspiration, now it's a revelation. You Things are being revealed to you in many different ways, not just one revelation, but like all of these different things are being revealed to you. And when you continue to engage, you are transformed and you are the transformation. So now that these things are moving and you see it in different perspectives and you're engaging with it, there's a transformation that happens. When you know this is part of your being and you want to pursue it, you start to change in positive ways. Real inspiration is positive. Anybody who's had inspiration knows it is not a negative thing. It is not a control factor. It is not all those other words. It is divine connection seeking you out while you are seeking it out. You don't wait for inspiration. You pursue it. Hmm. You're open to the connections. And what you were talking about, Richard, the thing is that some of it is in and some of it isn't. So you might be walking and notice something and it inspires you because, oh my, I never saw that. I mean, we have um, 
environmental sculpture in the world that can blow you away. Mm -hmm. There are lasers and, and drone art. They actually have like a million drones in the air, flashing lights and becoming different things in the sky. I've seen that. Somebody was inspired to create that, whoever thought, right? And then you can be in the presence of it and it can inspire you to whatever. If you're open to that inspiration, you're able to create that change inwardly and outwardly. Mm. And it's brilliant. You can be inspired by anything. People have created organizations because they noticed a little child doing something good. They noticed a little child giving someone something in the street or making sure they were okay. They noticed that and it inspired them to create something. So you want to be open to the inspiration. And personally, as an artist creative, as well as a channel and everything else, don't throw inspiration away. If you get inspired by something, go into it. Don't go, oh, that was a great idea. No. It connect this vibration connected with you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my work with my clients, because I work with people who are creative, whether they're um, spiritually creative, business creative, teachers, all of that stuff. You read the, you read the list. <laughs> to be able to have them open to and follow inspiration continually. So sometimes an idea or an inspiration is the thing that's going to lead you somewhere. It may not be the thing. Because I personally don't believe in the one thing. It's a journey. You're going to keep on growing and changing and moving and creating in it. So when you connect with that, you follow it and embrace it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's personal guidance. Sometimes it's a change in direction in your life. Like you're done with what you did before and you are inspired to do something else. Well, you don't like I, my joke is don't diss the divine. Okay, <laughs> That's my joke. If the divine has given you a beautiful idea and inspired you, you don't go, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll get to it tomorrow. No, don't diss the divine. Play with it. Explore it. It doesn't mean it's a job description. This is your inner being, your spirituality, your connection with the divine, revealing something. That's why I say it's, it's the art of living inspired. Awakening, revelation, and transformation. And when we play there, life is so gorgeous because you have that connection and you see beyond the, the minuscule like we're talking about changing the world. Well, your way of participating in creating positive change is going to come through inspiration. That's how it's going to come. Yeah. And it inspiration from anywhere because there are things that would inspire people. I don't even know what they're talking about. I have a client who is a physicist. I really don't know what he's talking about. And our joke is, he takes notes in math. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will say things to him about spirit and energy and all this stuff. And he will write down. He showed me them once. It blew my mind. 
they're equations. Well, you know me and math, right? And he's like, this is how he takes notes because he can see things mathematically. It makes more sense than writing down the vision that I had about this mm -hmm. really relates to the too long. Right. I don't understand what he's doing, but he does. Yeah. It can be anything. And inspiration is not limited so that you can have one inspiration and follow it for 20 years, and you can have one inspiration that leads you 10 different ways, and all of them are gorgeous. Yeah. You know, as you, as you shared, uh, as you started sharing about inspiration, I, I thought, you know, there are times in my life, in my past that I look at that are inspiring maybe even re, you know maybe for the first time if not re-inspiring me uh, when I think about some of the things that I, I have accomplished uh, I think about uh, and, and I always think about them in the context of uh, a staying in a position of humility uh, that yes mm -hmm. I did those things okay but it doesn't make me better or worse than anybody else it's just me that's me and, and I share this example quite often. It was a Veterans Day. We were producing the four hours for a morning talk show. Uh, the PD in a meeting earlier said we want to bring out, uh, we already have a very intelligent morning host. We don't need to bring out his intelligence. He's, he's smart as a whip. We want to bring out his emotion. We want to bring out the soft side of Austin. Okay. And so we're, we're into the throes of this four-hour morning show, and it's just going flawlessly. And we get to, to the 9 o'clock hour. We get to the end of the 9 o'clock hour. He's there wrapping up his final comments, and he starts to break down. He starts to cry, you know, tears. And I'm, I'm thinking, wait a minute. The boss said we wanted to have him be more emotional, but we didn't want to make him cry, you know. Anyway, so the show is over. He's in there kind of gathering, getting his composure. The PD comes into the control room, stands in front of me across the console, blocking my view of Austin, the host, puts his hand across the console. I stand up. I take his hand and shake his hand. He says, four stars, four <laughs> stars. And I already knew that that four hours was flawless. Because I could feel it. I could just feel it inside. But then to get that confirmation from, from a coworker, from, from someone in my industry, that, that meant the world to me. And yeah. uh, it's, it, those are the kinds of things that I'll go back to. And I get, I get them these days. You know, people are very appreciative. I mean, I'm, I'm now a narrator for somebody's book. Book series, yeah. book series, and possibly as somebody else's as well. Uh, and it's like, oh, no, you've got a great voice, you know, and I never thought I had a bad voice, but I yeah. never thought it was great. Uh, it's just my voice. And and but it's it's like you begin that cycle, that that upward spiral of um, being inspired by those kinds of supportive words, those compliments, if you will, of appreciation. Yeah. And we all need it, but it needs to be definitely needs to be genuine. Oh, yes. And the thing is that, that um, the way we look at ourselves 
can transform our lives. So we talked earlier about confidence and lack of confidence and all of those different things. And usually that comes through comparison, whether you're the one who's comparing or someone else showed you how to compare yourself and make you feel like crap. Anyway, (laughs) it's like, but you want to be able to recognize the beauty of your being. And it isn't always what somebody's going to put a trophy on your mantle for, right? Right. right. And I've had clients that say to me, you know, you're brilliant at everything you do, but you know what you do best? And I go, what? You make me laugh at how stupid I am sometimes. And I love that about you. Like, (laughs) Okay, I'm going to put that on my resume. I make you laugh even if you're stupid, okay? It's (laughs) like, you know, I can help shift energy like that. Now, I'm not bragging. It's a talent. That's it. If you dance, you claim your rhythm. If you can paint, you claim your vision. Everything that we do, and it doesn't mean that there isn't more to grow. That's why I love inspiration. And I work with all of these high vibrational frequencies where I'm working with Alawashka, which is the source of creation. And then I'm working with inspiration and the reason that I'm bringing inspiration forward in the world this way, which is completely different, is a whole completely different conversation about inspiration. Because there was a TV thing that was a commercial that said, pork, be inspired. And I almost like threw a shoe at the television. (laughs) Like, really? Really, you just diminish the word inspiration to nothingness. We need these. I work with the Akashic Records. Those are the keepers of divine wisdom from forever. Mm. The frequencies of the streams of consciousness, which are part of Alawashka, which have different frequencies for each of us to play in and explore. I mean, these are things that they inspire but it's also places to play and what is beautiful i mean i'm honored to i'm honored to write i love writing and i have more books coming out that we can talk about soon and i work with frequencies and inspiration and we have ways of connecting so now i have a free gift for everybody on my website so you can just get it it's a meditation it's called personal sacred space And what it does, it allows you, not just like a quiet meditation, but it allows you to release all the noise from your being and create your life and your being as a sacred space. So now you are the sacred space. And whatever comes to you, you choose whether it comes or you say no thank you and you hold your energy. So if you want to be inspired, do the meditation, just listen to it. And like now the distractions are no longer there. Why? Because this is the space for you to have inspiration. This is the space for you to create. This is the space for your life. And we can do that and we can help each other Mm. because Mm. the universe is a collaboration. Okay. There isn't just one atom floating around the planet going, ha ha, I'm the atom. (laughs) (laughs) Look how many there are. I mean, I have no idea. We have X amount of billion people. Can you imagine how many atoms in each person? That doesn't even include the planet. Yeah. Imagine where 
every single person can play. You know, and my, my book, Living Inspired with Lamar, most of my books have meditations in them and processes so you can move into those higher frequencies. Mm. Because it's not only like a description. I don't just write description. I want to bring you into a world. Yeah. We can explore. So my book, Living Inspired with Lamari, there's activations and meditations that you can move into a higher level of inspiration. My Alawashka book has chants that you can chant to be in line with that greater joy and creativity. My Akashic Records book in the back has the meditations for you to connect with the Akashic Records. Because there's so many different ways that we can play. Yeah. And that's what we want. I mean, we are here to do that. Simple or huge. Yeah. I often wonder sometimes when talking with uh, with people from different perspectives and so forth, uh, especially after having worked uh, in, in the areas that I have, I think about, yeah. for example, our our, uh, our relationship with our God, the, the God as we see it, you know, in whatever name. Yes. And the phrase I always heard over and over again for 15 years was it's a personal relationship, personal, one-on-one. -on -one. And then they come to you and say, I don't think you're saved. I don't think you're ready to meet God. And I'm going, <laughs> hold it, stop, wait, hold it. Weren't you the one who said this was a personal relationship? Which means this is none of your business. Are you my God divorce attorney? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? It's like, wait a minute. Come on. Now, let's be logical here. I mean, it says in the Old Testament, let us, uh, let us sit and reason together. What do we use to reason? Our brains, which means our brains came from God. And he gave us the ability to, to, to think and process the information and so forth. So I'm processing the information you're giving me, and it makes no sense. It's contradictory. You can't be involved in my relationship with God if it's a personal relationship. If you tell me, oh, no, I'm sorry, I must have mistaken. It's a collective relationship. Then we have a different conversation. But as well, long as it's personal, it's stay out of my head. Stay out of my yeah. inner space. <laughs> well, even if it's both, right, there's a difference between sharing perspectives mm -hmm. And judging and reprimanding. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. So my clients don't all believe the same way or celebrate the same way. They don't. I don't care. I mean, that's me. I don't care. Right. As long as you're, you're, you know, a beautiful spirit sharing gorgeousness in the world, I don't care what you, you know, who you have named in that regard. I don't care whether, you know, when you celebrate these things or you don't celebrate these things, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Now, the thing is, is that we want all of us to connect with a higher level of being. And while I know part of the organizations have laws and they have commentary and they have um, judgments and punishments and all that sort of stuff. And that's however you want to play there. You can play there. All right. But if we want to create this world, then we want to be able to honor 
the people that are there. So my uh, my own personal way of looking at things is three frequencies make the difference for me. Honor, love, and truth. Mm. Honor comes first. To honor each person, to honor the energy of the world, to honor the beauty of this planet. I mean, just looking at that, we got a lot to do. Mm -hmm. And then you bring in love because you can't love someone if you don't honor them. True. It's just not happening. And then you get to bring in that love. You get to bring in that deeper connection and all the things we describe as love. And then comes truth. Because once you've honored and once you've loved, then truth is a beacon. It is not, um, you know, a judgment. It is not a pat on the back. I'm better than you because I know the truth. No, 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 no. Now the resonance of truth can come forward. Now we can be more inspired because there's a clarity and a light and a higher vibration that if you really can see people, I don't know percentages, right? But I would imagine at least 90% of the people on this planet are good and they're loving and they're kind. They may think differently than me and that's cool because if everybody thought like me, no matter how great my mind is, it would still be boring after a while. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, I don't and, want to watch the same movie every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it is certainly uh, a paradox for some folks because they want everybody to be on their side. They, they, they think they know the truth. They think they have the truth. Uh, that's what they believe. And that's fine. Uh, but the rest of us uh, don't necessarily agree. Now, you want to believe that? More power to you. Go for it. Believe it. Believe it to your heart's content. But don't ask others who have gone down different paths to believe that because for them, it would be counter to their to their true self, if you will. Well, and truth isn't a yes or no thing. If we look at truth like a vibration, as opposed to a judgment or a rule or I swear to tell the blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? If you look at it as a vibration, it's actually liberating. Because if you look somebody in the eye and you tell them you love them and you really do, you're speaking truth. Mm -hmm. But it's a mm -hmm. vibration. It's an energy. Right. Right? When when you say that the divine exists, and I'm using the word divine very specifically, when you say the divine exists, there isn't a bio there. The divine once woke up early in the morning, had a <laughs> cup of coffee, and decided to. No, 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 no. The divine exists. That's a resonance. Mm -hmm. That's a vibration. Yeah. Your soul wants to shine. That is a truth. Yeah. You know, now, a... how do you play with that? Yeah. Now we have inspiration. Yeah. You know, it's now a... we have frequencies of the divine coming to you that you can share. And it's very interesting that I think that you bring this up because we we have anthropomorphized the divine, God, what have yeah. you, the Father, and then yeah. there's the Son, and then there's the Holy Ghost. But then I I, I just it just dawned on me. That the universe has anthropoform anthropoformized us. In other words, 
as the saying goes, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. But in this reality. In this reality. But our spirit is devoid of gender, is devoid of age, is devoid of all of those elements that make up the human being. So so as we have anthropoforma, I don't even think I'm saying the word right anymore. We know what you mean. Yeah. The universe has done the same (laughs) to us. They've done that to us in this reality. Well, and what we have um, the ability to do is see ourselves in many different levels. Yeah. So now you want to take care of the body that you're in, however you do that. And you want to look at the spiritual, the loving, the emotional, the connection, your footprint. That's why I have my my light shoes here. Ah. It's like who you are walking on this planet. Yeah. Who are you? Not as a like a, a judgment because who you can be is amazing and brilliant. And in part of my work in coaching and doing sessions with people is to encourage them, bring the frequencies in, bring the energies in, bring the clarity, help them heal certain things so they can be more of who they are, which is beautiful. Right. The only time you're not beautiful is when you are in, I'm just going to call it the funk Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of judgments I can say there, but if you want to hang out in the funk, that's where you're going to be. If you want to go play in the world and be inspired The beauty of your being wants to come forward. And there's many different ways to do it. In my work, I'm coaching people. I'm helping them shift. We're looking at business relationships and creativity and divine inspiration, the wholeness of a being so that they can be more of themselves, joyfully be themselves, and have a positive impact in the world in a way that lights them up not sacrificing themselves in order to make change, having a blast. Mm-hmm. I mean, having a blast, right? And we and should. One of my clients were yeah. talking about it, and she bought, I don't even know how many boxes of crayons. Okay? She wanted people to be more creative. That's part of her work. But she went out, and she started just giving away, not I'm going to go to the school and give away crayons. She just went somewhere and started giving people crayons and say, draw something today. Draw something today. Draw. The smiles that she got, and she wasn't doing it so that people would call her up and say, oh, my God, you know what I created today? She just shifted their energy with a box of crayons. Okay? <laughs> with a box of crayons. I mean, and I'm using that example because we also imagine big things. I wa- I'm creating vibrational shifts in people's lives that really can heal things instantly and change their perspective so that they can receive more. And it can change with a box of crayons. It's amazing. It can change Just with amazing. a song. Yeah. It is truly amazing. It really is what we can do and what, yes. we, ch- and what we choose to do. Uh, you know, I, I, I used to pose the question to guests uh, on this program, you know, how powerful are we? And I would get varying responses, but usually 
they were in the affirmative in terms of, oh, we are, we are more powerful than any atomic bomb they can create. Yes. We can create the most magnificent things uh, that we haven't even thought of yet. We haven't even mm -hmm. thought of them yet. Exactly. And, uh, and, and Isn't that exciting? Yeah. And Isn't so, that exciting? Yeah. So we, we, we certainly want people to, to be in that f mind frame that nothing is, how does that phrase go? Nothing is impossible. Uh, and, and nothing is impossible until it isn't. Um, well, and what's wonderful about our conversation right now. So right now, everybody who's listening has the opportunity to be inspired and do something wonderful that makes a change. And the reason that I use the, the, you know, the, the example of the box of crayons, as well as now clients of mine have, you know, nonprofits in Asia and Africa, and they do those things as well. But I wanted everyone to be able to see that you can make a change that easily. That easily. That comes from your heart and what inspires you. Yeah. We're here to make shifts. All the commotion that is out there, and it is happening, but it's a distraction. Because if we're moving in different directions and really connecting at those levels, some of this is going to fall away. Mm -hmm. More people are going to wake up from the cloud. And they're going to be able to see and they're going to be able to have conversations with honor, love, and truth and go, oh, I was distracted by the noise. Mm -hmm. I was distracted by my fear. It wasn't what lit me up. I was just reacting. Oh, I can move in this direction. Yeah. That's yeah. powerful. And, the re and I want us to know that we can do huge things. Mm-hmm. That's a given. And we can change the world with small things also. And I think one of the other important aspects, too, to to maintain an individual's uh, sense of self and sense of uh, uh, a worth, if you will, if you want to put it that way, is is that being dis there is nothing wrong with having been distracted. Absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, I often think about, <laughs> and I know you drive by them all the time, I'm sure, the car dealerships, and they'll have the giant gor inflated gorilla, or they'll have the wavy things, right? And people will drive in because they see that. They say, oh, ooh, a shiny balloon, let's follow that. We're easily distracted. That's unfortunately, on one hand, unfortunately, that's our nature. The, to be easily distracted, and there are those who will take advantage of it for whatever reasons. They will try to distract us. So there is no shame in being distracted because it happens to all of us. Well, I'm glad you said that because one of the things that um, pokes me, I'll just say it that way, is that People talk about there's one way to be and one way to do this and that, you know, you shouldn't 
go for the shiny object. You shouldn't just pay attention to your inspiration. You should be doing this and then this and then this and then this. And I, I want you to, when you're inspired, go for it. Don't just sit there and go, oh, yeah, you know, I just had this great idea to, you know, da, 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 this is really cool. And then you go and you go, whatever. Right? It's like, no. Hold that and do something with it. It's just like if you look at a musician and they have inspiration for a song. Do you think they just sit there and go, yeah, well, I'll get to that one. I love that third chord. I don't know what the lyrics are right now. One of these days, I'll. what song did we all miss out on? Yeah. If they did that. And, and I'm using art references because most people, you know, relate inspiration to art or spiritual connection. But guess what? How do you think computer coding happened? Inspiration. Okay, those people who think in numbers and dots and dashes and stuff like that, which I have no clue about, that came to them. And they went, ooh, wow. And they went in with that open-minded curiosity to create and explore. And mm. if we look at how many people on this planet can do it, and guess what? You don't have to be an adult. What is brilliant about our world right now? There are seven-year-olds starting their own businesses. Online, yeah. helping people. There are 12-year-olds who are like amassing wonderful things of change because they had an idea, because mm -hmm. they were inspired, because they connected with their own soul and followed that. Yeah. And sometimes we need help doing it, and that's part of why I'm here and part of why you're here, because you're having conversations that open gateways for people to explore. Mm -hmm. And in my work, in my writing, in my coaching, in my, my spiritual consultations with people, I'm doing the same thing. Here to help people be even more brilliant. Mm. I mean, you know, you, you want to play there. And you and I want everybody who's listening and everybody even who isn't to play there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we do. We we encourage people to play there because it's one of those uh, areas that uh, is going to make the most difference in the world. Uh, it, it's going to sh show other people that it's okay. I mean, that's the that's the starting point. Number one, we play. We learn how to play in this in this game, if you will, if you want to call it that. Um, it, it we we I think that that. Because we're referring to it as play, we're taking we many times take it way too seriously. Like yes, it's the most important thing in the world that we do this, that, or the other thing. And um, I'm hoping that folks will will get the message uh, and understand that you know there is more to this life than what you think. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, it really. Really, I'm so glad there is because if there wasn't, that would be really terrible. Yeah, and it I mean, would. It would. It would. Are there? If you look two hundred years ago, if we actually thought that was ish, I mean, I don't even know what it would look like. Yeah, I mean, where would we be? Uh, in a matter of speaking, uh, where would we be technologically? 
Where yes. would we be, uh, even philosophically for that matter? Yes. Uh, because uh, a lot of folks, you know, I mean, this is another sad commentary in one sense on uh, where we are today in that even those of us, yourself and myself included, um, you know, we're just trying to find our own way. We're trying to understand. You know, we're trying to understand. And it's, it's you know, sort of better than it, you know. But it's like, okay, how are we, gonna, how are we going to uh, make these adjustments? How are we going to make these changes? How are we going to, uh, to make this a better world? And it's, by the way, I've, I've thrown out the word tolerance. Uh, I don't tolerate anybody. Okay. Now, let me explain. All right. You and I would probably agree the word tolerate or tolerance has judgment attached. Sure. I'm going to tolerate you, Lamari. Even okay. though you're a psychic and you're a vision, I'm going to tolerate you. No. I'm, I'm, I'm going to accept you. Yeah. Even though you're a visionary and you're a psychic and you're a healer, I'm going to accept <laughs> you. There's no judgment there. Yeah. Or if there is judgment, it's in the affirmative. That I, I accept yeah, I you as part that. of the human race. I love it because when you say tolerance, I really know you're annoyed with me, but you're dealing with it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. And, and we, need to, we need to get past that. I think that's part of the problem with tolerance is that I'm really annoyed with you, but, you know, I'll let that pass. And, and it's like, but that's still, but you're, you're still rejecting a part of who I am. And that is still a part of who I am. Whatever part you're rejecting, that's a part of what makes me who I am. I shared with my father in a very, uh, a very intimate conversation he and I had uh, not too long ago. Um, where he was apologizing for for his reaction earlier in the evening, and he said, "I'm I'm really really sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I da 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 da." And I I put my hands on his shoulders. And I says, and he's 91 years old, and I said, wow. "Dad, I love you, and you will always be my father." And then just recently, because of a movie I watched, and because he had shared with us. Um, on occasion, how he did not feel like he had really a part in raising us because he was always at work. Now, he worked the old nine to five. My mom would go pick him up from work and bring him home and we'd have dinner together and he was home in the evenings. Right. All right. The, the typical thing. So I called him up not long ago and I said, Dad, I just wanted to let you know that even though you feel like you didn't have a real big part in raising the, the six of us. I want you to know that I wouldn't be half the man I am if it weren't for you. Nice. And it's to take nothing away from my mother either. You know, no. the two of them did yeah. an extraordinary job with six kids. Well, and the thing in, like I was talking about honoring earlier, mm -hmm. right? Is like, we are not going to know everything. Why? Because a lot of it hasn't happened yet. 
So even if you had the most brilliant consciousness and could chart everything that had happened so far, not just on our planet, but in the universe, there's still things to come, so you can't know it yet. Right? Mm-hmm. So relieve yourself of that one. <laughs> Just right. relieve yourself right. of it. Now, where do you want to play? How do you want to move in the world? You you want to be able to nurture. You want to be able to nurture the people around you, nurture our world into, you know, into greater richness. We got all this stuff that's going on here. We all know people who are listening to you know we have environmental problems. People Mm -hmm. who are listening to us today know that the uh, work system isn't the best for humanity, for the workers, et cetera, et cetera. But since we know that, we can change that. Mm -hmm. Is it going to change instantly? No. In, In a way, that's kind of good for our world. Because you don't want to be in an instant change where you're eating something and all of a sudden it already disappears from your plate and it's gone somewhere else and you have to figure out what you're going to eat again because that's instant, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be able to be in the presence of growing and changing and nurturing each other. And some of us aren't going to get along. Some people are not comfortable with really quiet people who just smile and nod. It drives them crazy. And some people are really uncomfortable with people who are going to tell you exactly what they think in the moment, Mm. whatever it is. Well, we're growing and changing and moving our society. But if we have a space where we're honoring, where we are receiving divine inspiration that is not judgmental, because the divine doesn't judge. In certain circumstances, different organizations may have what I'm going to call guidelines. And they might be there so that we don't go off kilter. But the divine, it's not sitting there going, I don't know about oak trees. I'm sorry. Maples. maples. Everything should be maple trees. It's not like that. Look at our world and the diversity, not just humanity. I mean, really look at the world. And the diversity of everything that's growing in all the animals and the rocks and the trees and and every single rose is different on the same plant. This is brilliance and this is where we can play. And and how inspiring is that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I have a certain extra sensory, both ESP and extra sensory perception in like the world. Mm -hmm. And so I know that like one rose on the plant actually smells different than the rose next to it because it's created slightly differently. And most people won't even care. But guess what? Everybody in your family, everybody in the world is different. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. I mean, really, seriously. And I have to say it's amazing from another perspective as well. And I guess I could use the term, um, uh, oh, what's the word now? Um, oh, I can't even think of the word, the, ter- the term now, uh, like divine engineering, if you will, mm. uh, or design, uh, uh, intelligent design. That's what I wanted. Intelligent okay, design. <laughs> think about this. Uh, everything that you just said is absolutely true. 
and yet we're all human beings. Trees. I live up on the hill above Santa Barbara. We've got oak trees, but no two oak trees are identical. Who came up with those blueprints? Can you imagine? It's just incredible. It is absolutely, again, it is amazing. It's astounding. I mean, it's quite spectacular when you start thinking about that. Even, um, I don't even know what the closest of twins is. I don't know if it's Siamese or conjoined or what it is. But even twins, no matter how, how many similarities you find in each of them, they are still different. And what can we do to appreciate those differences? Yeah. I mean, in, in the immediate and in the personal and in the spiritual and in the global. If we if you're making assumptions, then you're not necessarily recognizing the individuality. And guess what? The people, I'm going to say you because I'm talking to you people who are listening, right? <laughs> you do not want somebody to make assumptions about you and tell you who you are. Yeah. You don't want that. So if we liberate that and we connect with divine, we connect with spirit, not as a way of managing, not as a rule book, because all the rule books are actually kind of old. Mm-hmm. But as a connection where we can look at each person and go, that person, no matter what else is going on, they will have a gift that will change our world. They may not be able to bring it forward, or they may be bringing it forward in ways we don't understand, or they may be sharing it exactly in the way that changes our lives. Yeah. Every oak tree is different. Every flower is different. And that is the brilliance of the universe because we're just talking about our planet. Yeah. The That's... cosmos. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, Boom. And, 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 and it's kind of along those same lines, uh, my concept of meditation. And then all of a sudden someone comes along and says, hey, bring the mind along. There yes. are rules for the mind, not oppressive, but there are rules. You got to be quiet. This is like the library, okay? So exactly. I, I, come with me, experience it with me. And I just, I, it's like, that just blew me away when they told me that. I'm going, uh, no, I never thought they, of that. It's yeah. like, okay, because you're not yeah. take, taking a two-year-old. <laughs> exactly. And when things like that happen, we get to embrace it. Yeah. We get to connect with it. I mean, I have had clients tell me things that I told them 20 years ago that they still remember. Yeah. I yeah. I, 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 no, like, but they will say, I remember when you told me this and it changed my life. I'm like, oh, I said that. <laughs> yes, you did. Because I'm not going to remember, yeah. right? It's not mine to remember. But like all the different ways that we can create this change, you know, and I love it. I've had people you know, email me and write me handwritten notes and everything going, I just read your book. And you said this. And I, it blew me away that you said this. Now, I'm, when I'm writing, I don't know what I'm saying that's going to change your life. 
I just know that I am writing life-changing books. I'm writing books that not only speak, but have vibrations in them. So if you resonate with them, you can change. Yeah. You can move. You can be a higher being of your own being. And the way that we have these things in the world, it, it's just amazing. And and you you already know I, I teach courses and I have some new things coming this year and next year that are just going to be a blast for people to participate with. When you look, okay, I have an assignment. I'm giving everybody homework. Okay, all right. Anytime you see someone where you can actually make a very, very, very mild connection, think of that person and think to yourself, don't say it to them, think to yourself, you are more than you know. Thank you. Mm. So you're in the supermarket and there's somebody there and they got their kids in the cart and you just look at them and smile and you think, you are more than you know. Thank you. Yeah. And you're looking at your kids who's like screaming and crying and you just think, you are more than you know. Thank you. Mm. And the people around you and the people at work and the people that you just bump into because you don't have to say it out loud. You just think it. Mm -hmm. You are sending people the gift of being more and accepting it. And that's what we want. Yeah. And that can you imagine the vibe wherever you are, whether it's a store, wherever, mm -hmm. wherever you think you are walking down the street, right? And you think that at, for a person that's walking by, your energy shifts and their energy shifts. And you just made a difference that you don't have to measure and you don't have to reflect upon unless it lit you up and then, of course, reflect on it. But it's not like, I wonder how that went with that person. You don't have to. You don't have to claim it. You don't have to polish it. You know, you can just do that. Just imagine what that would be like. Mm. Sounds like a good thing to do. I'll tell you what. Lumari has been my guest. Lumari.com is, is the website, and we hope that you will check her website out. As we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And Lumari, I want to thank you for giving us so much time here on the program. Uh, not quite two hours, about an hour and a half that we've been chatting here. And I thank you so much for the insights and inspiration as well as the education. Uh, I think that um, I think there's a lot for us to consider, and maybe I'll need to re-listen to this interview a couple of times to glean a little bit more, but uh, we really do appreciate your being with us here. Oh, thank you so much, Richard. It is such a blessing to be on the show, to know you personally, and to be able to share this just vibrationally and with the people listening. It is such a gift that you give us all. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I do have three final questions. Now, the last time you were on the program, we were wrapping up our, our uh, uh, I think we were going to celebrate our 15th anniversary. We're now in our 15th year. That's kind of how it works, folks. When you come yeah. into this world, you don't celebrate your first birthday. It's only after you've completed said birthday. Uh, in any event, um, we have three new questions. Actually, they're mm -hmm. modified. 
And I'll ask those of you in just a moment. But first, I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. To help make your dreams come true, we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Wednesdays, we're at 9 a.m. Oh, I forgot about the Monday edition at 1 a.m. And they're streamed live at those times at richarddugan.com. We have podcasts at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we're on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. We certainly hope you'll subscribe and, of course, click the notification so every time I put up a new program, a new podcast or videocast, you'll be notified and you'll be able to listen to and or watch that particular uh, program. We ask that you... Uh, Participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, where we ask you to go within and listen to that still, small voice. And if you'd like to be a part of the work that we are doing and you'd like to support it financially, we would be greatly appreciative of that. We have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And uh, with all of that said, we go to our three final questions. Uh, the first two are still from the uh, previous uh, time. The first one is, who is Lumari? Uh, Lumari is a visionary who has come to this world to light the way for more joy, inspiration, and positive change. What is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is to illuminate. And the new question, what was your best day? I think my best day was the day I met my husband, Peter. Mm. Uh, once again, we thank you for being with us and we look forward to having you back again, especially in 2023, as uh, we can take a look at some of these new things that you're going to have available for folks. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, and until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast. Love to Lal and Jeanette, I am listening.